You're listening to the Business Made Simple podcast. As a company, we certify the world's best business coaches. And on this podcast, we teach you everything you need to know to grow a business. I'm podcast producer Bobby Richards. And this week, we're taking a slight detour from our seven-part series, How Your Business is Like an Airplane, to ask, how can you overcome your fear of selling? To help answer that question, we're welcoming aboard Jamie Kern Lima. And we'd say Jamie knows a thing or two about sales after starting It Cosmetics from her living room, then selling her business to L'Oreal less than 10 years later for $1.2 billion. Yes, that's billion with a B. Our host, Donald Miller, and Jamie used the entire episode to talk one-on-one, giving you direct insight on what it really takes to sell any product and how to overcome your fear of selling and come out the other side stronger and more confident than ever. But before we start things off, if you haven't yet, go listen to our first four episodes of this series where our host, Donald Miller, and co-hosts, Dr. J.J. Peterson and Kula Callahan, Use part one to provide a detailed overview of how each part of an airplane corresponds to your business. Then in part two, explore the cockpit or your leadership. In part three, focus on the right engine or your marketing. And then in part four, discuss the left engine or your sales. But if you're all caught up, enjoy this special one-on-one conversation with Jamie Kern Lima. This is Business Made Simple. Jamie Kern Lima, thanks for being with us. Uh, Donald, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. When I think about your life uh, and the book, uh, Believe It, you know, people can look at your book and go, boy, it's great you're releasing a book. The work that went into living the life that the book tells about seems grueling. I mean, it, you know, it's it's like, uh, you know, coming home from war and writing about it in the sense that you built this company that you ended up selling for hundreds of millions, over a billion dollars, right? Yeah. I know that you launched it on QVC. You lived pretty much in the building for eight years. Yes. Yeah. I did over a thousand live shows selling our products. Yes. I have a business small group and most of the businesses in my small group are just getting started. And there are times when, you know, we talk about their goals and I just know they have no idea (laughs) how hard this is going to be. And if they did, they wouldn't start. But the journey is so fun in hindsight, that I'm not going to tell them. We're just going to we're just going to keep stepping into it. Although if they listen to this podcast, they will probably know. Tell us first of all. T- tell us w- what you sell. What did you develop, yeah. and what was the differentiator in the market for those who don't know it cosmetics? What was it? It cosmetics. Yeah, uh, yeah. So we're, you know we completely shifted culture. We did something totally different in the in the whole beauty industry that. Um, was really about not just great products that work for for people that have skin challenges, but also uh, around uh, just the whole idea of beauty and the images put out there for people to see everywhere and really trying to shift culture really around how we define beauty. So it was a really kind of ambitious why when we started, but I'm glad you just shared that about your group and about every entrepreneur starting because, you know, I thought I worked really hard my whole life and (laughs) I had no idea how hard it would be to be an entrepreneur. And, you know, I think Donald, why I wrote this book is really, you know, there are so many headlines. Anytime you Google my story, you see all the headlines of like, oh, Denny's waitress, you know, uh, turned billion dollar entrepreneur, right? So I sold I sold this company that I started in my living room with no money, really. Um, faced three years of rejection and knows the first three years of the business and ended up selling it for over a billion dollars. But I think when we just see those headlines, I realized 
if we don't ever share how like how hard it is, but also just all of the setbacks and the rejections and the, and like what did I do when that happened and kind of the story behind the story. I feel like if we never share those things, then then it just looks like, oh, maybe I'm, a, you know, people out there doing their own business think maybe I'm alone in my lack of traction in my own business right now, or maybe I'm alone in getting rejected from, you know, an expert or a retail store. And, you know, maybe I'm alone in, you know, uh, my own self doubt. <laughs> so for the, you know, I, I wanted to share the real, like the real stories behind the stories, it does feel a little bit like going through war. It's a tough journey having a dream and knowing you have a dream on your heart and then going after it and trying to stay in faith and trying to endure how hard it is to actually ever realize that dream. Well, let me ask you something. You you, you just said it. You said you had a dream in your heart. And I was going to ask you, where does the resilience come from? I mean, the countless rejections, the I'm sure you ran out of money several times, hardly had any money started up, started up in your living room and you didn't quit. And, and, and that's three years of just getting a foot in the door somewhere. Yes. Most people would have quit, uh, but I don't think it's because they're quitters. I think it's because they, didn't, they, they hadn't found that sense of mission. You found something that in this lane, you're just not going to quit. And I want to know, it was a lot more than cosmetics, and you alluded to it earlier. Yeah. What was the mission? Apart from the cosmetics, what was the mission that said, no, this is worth, I'm going to die on this hill. For me, I was working as a, te a television news anchor. I thought since I was a little girl, that was what I love other people's stories. I really just want to interview you right now. It's like in my nature to other people's stories. So I thought that's what I was going to do my whole career. And I was working in my dream job as a news anchor. And I started getting this skin condition called rosacea, uh, which is no cure. And it would get like, my cheeks would get so bright red and bumpy and feel like sandpaper. And I'd be anchoring the news and here in my earpiece, the producer would say, there's something on your face. There's something, can you wipe it off, wipe it off. And I'd be live anchoring the news. And I realized, oh, there's nothing I can wipe off. It's the makeup not working. It's all the mm. redness is coming through. And I thought this was a big setback in my life. And I think so many of us realize, um, you know, that, 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 setbacks are often are often setups for for what we're supposed to do for our calling right. for our purpose and what happened uh in the midst of this setback is i went through a season of self-doubt thinking am i going to lose my job am i going to lose viewers are they going to turn the channel uh and i started trying every makeup out there and i couldn't find anything that would work and i i had this big aha moment that was not just like oh if i can create a product that helps me, I bet it'll help a lot of other people. But I also realized, Donald, my, my whole life seeing these ads on television and in magazines of women selling beauty products, I realized they all had flawless skin, which was Photoshopped, of course, but they all had flawless skin. I always aspired to look like that as a little girl, but they always deep down inside made me feel like I wasn't enough. And what happened was when I was creating this beauty company, it wasn't going to just be about my why, which was, oh, let me create products that work. Let me help so many other millions of women, which those whys would be really good and really powerful. They would sound good to someone else. But I was able to actually peel back the layers on that why and go deeper. And I got this deep, deep why conviction that I wanted to create you know, a company where, you, you know, I use real women as models. I, 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 I put out a message that, you know, I wanted every woman to feel beautiful, even if it was for the first time or for the first time in a long time. And I wanted to do this for, you know, every little girl out there who was about to see ads of, of 
some definition of beauty and start doubting herself and every grown woman who still does. And so that why was so kind of stemmed from deep pain. And I was able to then use that to fuel myself also through all the years of rejection. How important was it for you to have had the personal pain that the medicine you created solved in giving you confidence to look people in the eye and say, this is what you need? Yeah, I think it's so important. I don't think that it has to be uh, personal pain per se, but I do think anybody out there selling anything, to your point, whether it's their own company or a product or it's in their career, I think they absolutely have to authentically, because you cannot fake authenticity. I feel like they have to authentically believe that what they're selling is going to help someone else's life or it's not going to work. I also hear from so many women that they love their mission, they love their product, they love their service, they love their job, but they hate selling, right? And I think this is so important for women to get over. And I think it's a, a lot deeper level is that any, any, even the best salespeople in the world, it comes with rejection, right? There's a certain amount of times we put ourselves out there and it comes with rejection. And I think for a lot of us, rejection equals pain. And I think that it's so important to have a mindset shift around that um, when it comes to um, perfectionism with women, because you look at all those studies that show um, a lot of times that, you know, women will wait until they feel like they can be 100% perfect before they ask for a raise or ask for a promotion or launch the company or whatever. And that's just uh, impossible. And I think holds us back, right? And I think that knowing we're not going to have a perfect success rate with sales also makes it specifically difficult for women to want to sell because we are raised to be people pleasers. So I think it's really important to get over that in a big way and to embrace rejection and really seeing seeing the fear of it as what's going to hold us back, not the failure is what's going to hold us back. And I think that you know, one thing that helped me get over this, just to share in case it's helpful for anyone else out there, is if you authentically have identified, which is how we started our talk, if you've truly identified your your mission for why you're doing what you're doing and you truly believe your product's going to help other people, then you almost have to transcend out of yourself and, and have a mindset of, of if I don't sell my product, I'm robbing someone else. Yeah. Right yeah. of the gift of this serving them, and you have to believe it with full authenticity. You have to have something that's bigger than yourself to keep going when the times get so hard. And for me, if it had just been about, oh, my product works for me, it wouldn't have been enough to keep me going. If it were just about, oh, I want to make a bunch of money, or oh, I want to, you know, whatever it is, I think it has to be bigger than ourselves. Um, and I think it has to be authentic. And one thing I'll share on that note is, you know, after uh, after now almost three years of QVC saying, no, you're not the right fit. And we finally got one shot, uh, to go on QVC and we had this 10 minute window and this one shot. Now we were down to under a thousand dollars in our bank account. And just when you to got share, that shot, you were down, you were down. Yes. Did you believe then? No. When they hear this story and they understand this product, we're going to get a lot more than 10 minutes. Did you believe that? Or were you also wondering whether that was true? Yeah, I was stepped in and out of self-doubt, if you want me to be fully got honest. Got it, okay, and, got it. Yep, and what happened was we got this one shot in 10 minutes. We had no money. And here's the thing, okay? This QVC's live television broadcast to 100 million homes. There's no script, there's nothing. And you have to hit a certain dollars per minute of sales or you don't come back. 
Hold up, so what happened with Jamie's 10-minute QVC segment? Well, you'll find out in just a minute. But first, did you know that Don's new book, Business Made Simple, is now available? It totally is. And you can buy it on Amazon or wherever you buy books and start jamming on your 60-day journey to mastering leadership, sales, marketing, execution, management, personal productivity, along with so much more. But did you also know that once you buy the book, you get free access to our first ever Business Made Simple Summit on February 9th? Well, now you do. Just go to businessmadesimplesummit.com and register using your book receipt or order number. Then you're all set to join us for the two-hour digital live stream where Don, JJ Kula, and a few other all-star team members pull back the Business Made Simple curtain, revealing a simple checklist for growing your business. The money-making strategies we use here at StoryBrand and Business Made Simple. There's even a chance our team could answer your questions about everything you need to know to increase revenue in 2021. Just buy Business Made Simple the book, head over to businessmadesimplesummit.com and register for free using your receipt or order number to join us live on February 9th. All right, let's hear the rest of Jamie's story about her make or break moment at QVC. I couldn't afford to hire people. So I was doing almost every job out of my living room and we were only selling two to three orders a day on our website. But after three years of hearing no's to finally get this one shot, we found out we had to manufacture over 6,000 units of our concealer to sell in this 10 minute window and hit their goal or not come back. And so we applied for SBA loan after SBA loan after SBA loan. The 23rd bank gave us 23rd bank, 23rd (laughs) bank to cover just the cost of inventory to be able to manufacture it, ship it in, pass all the regulatory compliance, all that stuff, and get this one shot on QVC. So if this doesn't work, you're you're underwater. We're underwater and we're out. Because here's what happened, okay? So we get this one shot, this 10-minute window, and it's, and it's a consignment deal. So if we didn't sell and hit that sales goal in that 10-minute window, that one shot, we had to take back all the inventory and not be paid for it. So I knew everything was riding on this moment. I flew out to QVC a week ahead of time and I, um, I sat all alone in this rental car in their parking lot, staring at the front door, uh, literally praying and crying. And because here, here's, here's the biggest thing. And I want to share this for everyone listening right now, because sometimes when our business isn't going our way or our own success and our job isn't going our way, we're so tempted to, Uh, uh, look at what everyone else is doing, even if it doesn't feel authentic to ourselves. And we're tempted to to almost dilute our own secret sauce thinking we need to, we stop trusting ourselves and we want to like comparison takes over and we think we need to change who we are. And this was a moment where I was kind of confronted with that in our one shot in that 10 minute window. And leading up to that, uh, we hired third party consultants and they are amazing. They help a lot of people sell their products on television and in stores. They all told me the exact same thing, which is, okay, you got one shot in 10 minutes on live TV. Here's the type of models you need to use, which were the same type of models my whole life that had right. perfect flawless skin. And so I would argue with them and say, okay, but I'm, I really want to do something different. Like, what if I take my own makeup off on national TV and show this bright red rosacea so I could prove live how the product works? And like, they were mortified, right? And I'm like, what, if, <laughs> what if I put real women, all different ages and shapes and sizes and skin tones and skin problems and I show them live? And because, because, and I would argue, I'd say if, if I were sitting at home and maybe I'm 75 years old, or I have hyperpigmentation or whatever it is, 
if I don't see someone who looks like me showing me the product, how do I know it's going to work for me? My gut was telling me one thing, right? My bigger why for what I was doing was telling me one thing. And yet experts were telling me another. It came down to this, this one moment. And I remember thinking about who is that customer that's going to be watching me? And why am I doing what I'm doing? And this is hard to do when you're down to no money. <laughs> and when you don't have proof that your own gut is right yet. For whatever reason, I got this woman in my head who was a single mom in Nebraska folding laundry who had forgotten that she mattered. Wow. You went that deep. I went deep. And, and I realized I'd rather have her, if she was going to bless me with a few seconds of her precious time, I'd rather have her look up on her screen and see me showing real women that look like her, calling them beautiful and meaning it. Even if she bought nothing, I'd rather do that than sell a ton of product and stand for nothing. So that you know, you you walk out, the the lights are on, you know on in the studio. You you're taking a huge shot. You're rolling the dice. How, uh, did you bring in your own models? Yeah. So we I cast all real real women, different you know uh, different skin tones, skin challenges, different ages, sizes. Uh, I had explained to the host right before we went live that I was going to you know show my own bare face on national television, which, you know, I was raised as so many women are being a people pleaser and thinking that I needed to, to get things perfect before I did them, which is by the way, why a lot of women are scared of sales. So for me, it was so counterintuitive to say, here's my flaws. Here is, here's what the world tells me beauty isn't. Here is my bare, bright red rosacea. Uh, and in that moment, I would even, even the seconds leading up to going live and getting this one shot, it was, I mean, if I'm being honest, I would start to, for a second, go back into self-doubt, be like, is this crazy? Am I doing the right thing? Am I, right? But I couldn't make it about me. Like I knew it wasn't about me and it was about that bigger vision or that deeper why, um, which is why I think it's so important for everyone to identify that for themselves, whether it's in their business or just even in, in personal personal goals, because if I had made it about me, I don't think I would have had the courage to take my makeup off on national television and to take this huge risk that went against what all the experts said. Um, but I, I walked into the studio and there was this big, you'll be so familiar with this scene too, Donald, but there was this big clock that had a 10 minute countdown and there was cameras everywhere. And I, and all of a sudden I remember the moment like it was happening. And I remember the 10 minute clock started and it was like 9.59, 9.58. And what I learned was I wasn't guaranteed 10 minutes. If I started selling and my product didn't sell and wasn't hitting the dollars per no, minute. No, they to, just literally pull you off stage. You cut your cut, your time cut. So for example, if you're a minute or two in and you're not hitting the dollars per minute goal, your clock jumps down to two minutes left. You just lost six minutes. Obviously I could do the math in my head. Oh, I just lost all of this money. Um, and you know, you can't try to sell everything or nothing sells. So it was that pressure also of knowing that by the second live in real time, they know exactly how many people are buying. And if it wasn't working, you would know in real time you get your, your time cut. Knowing that you have 10 minutes is your best case scenario. How did you figure out, I'm gonna, this is my opening line, then I'm going to go to this segment. Then I mean, if you're not an experienced speaker, you can spend 10 minutes just defending why you should be there 
and you're and, and suddenly you're off in the weeds on how you went to college and you got some sort of gold medal in in the debate team and you've just blown three minutes out of insecurity without even talking about your product. How much rehearsing did you do? How much practice did you do? How much work did you do preparing for that ten minutes? Or did you wing it? Here's what happened. I put in so many hours into what I thought I was going to do in that 10 minute window. I had a full rundown produced. I had practiced this demonstration on the back of my wrist um, where I put the top two competitors uh, products from department stores. And then I put my own concealer and I bend my wrist back and forth. And I show live how those ones crease and crack and ours doesn't. I had everything so produced. Uh, And when I showed up at QVC for that one shot, I was sharing with the host what I wanted to do. And, you know, they're pros. Like, they are so good at what they they do. And I'll never forget the host said, thank you, honey, but here's what we're going to do. And she literally, (laughs) right? So she told me what we're going to do. And you don't argue with the host. You know what I mean? And I was like, wow. So I was thrown into this midst of complete uncertainty, although I thought I was certain walking into that building. Uh, And I was left there literally with my own authenticity. And that was it. And the other thing was I started to try to do that demonstration on my wrist and I'm not, I don't get nervous for TV, but my entire, the weight of the world in terms of like your, my your future. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. And so, and so Donald, I was trying to do this demonstration where I bend my wrist and my wrist was shaking like Scooby-Doo, <laughs> like cartoon. And I was trying so hard to do it oh, on national. No. She grabs my hand and oh, she goes, no. thank you sugar. And then she took over. <laughs> she, she dropped her hand. <laughs> yes, she did. And then I remember the moment my, my bare face before shot came up on national TV. And I, and I literally, at that point, what do you do? I prayed. I, I felt like sweat dripping down. This is so gross, but I was going, okay, this can't be about me. Right. And I just poured my heart out into why I created this product. And we went over to our models, which are real women. And it was like, it, it everything came down to that that complete authenticity of the mission pouring out that I believed in so much because I all of a sudden had no control over anything I thought that I had was going to produce in that 10 minutes. And I just remember going to one real woman after another and talking about their, their product on them. And we got down to about a minute left in the cell. And then the host says, uh, the deep shade is almost sold out the tan shade. We're down to two. And I was just like, it's working. And I remember yeah, the moment, the um, the 10 minute mark, literally right at the 10 minute mark, that big, huge uh, sold out sign came up across the screen and I started crying on national TV. <laughs> and then I remember my husband, Paulo, comes running through the double doors and I was like looking at him sobbing and I'm like, really, I'm going to have spoken. And he's like, we're not going bankrupt. <laughs> and and that, that one airing turned into five that year. This is in 2010. This is before YouTube. We ended up growing to doing over 250 live shows a year. Uh, and we grew the largest beauty brand in QVC's history. And it is right now at this moment uh, to this day. And so I did over a thousand live shows selling my product. And, um, and I'm so glad that I went with my gut. We talk a lot about being mission driven. And in fact, I just wrote this morning, got up early to work on a book and talked about the importance of identifying an injustice that you want to fight. I think if we, if we identify that, we get narrative traction in our own lives. And what I mean by that is we're so interested in our own lives that we want to get up and get out of bed and get, get fighting. And I call that narrative traction, where you're actually interested in your own life the way you would be in, in a Netflix series. It sounds like the mission is 90% it's the foundation of, uh, to use a cosmetic term, a foundation. I think that's a cosmetic. 
Good job. <laughs> I want to know, um, and, and for the sake of our audience, you know, we're all out there, we're, we're selling different things, we have our mission. Any other things that you discovered in 250 uh, slots the following year, the third year, uh, anything else that you discovered, you said, okay, you know, when you showcase your product this way, when you demonstrate your product, when you have a strong call to action, is there anything else that you learned about being on TV and representing your product that you'd want to share with the audience to help them? Now, having um, done over a thousand live shows, I probably sold over a billion dollars in product now directly, just myself on television. Wow. And we eventually got into all the retail stores. Um, so I got to see how is how are sales happening in brick and mortar? How are sales happening online? How are sales happening through social media? And we uh, also did an infomercial. So it's kind of all of this, uh, all of these channels of distribution um, that we're selling through. And when I look at all of them and I look at what is, you know, in this journey now, because 10 years in, um, and this is before we, you know, we sold um, L'Oreal, by the way, came and bought our company in their largest uh, U.S. acquisition in their history. So that was a whole nother thing. Selling your business is a whole yeah, nother way. Yeah. Right. Um, and and what I'll say I think this is so powerful and I think it's so freeing uh, for everyone out there, no matter where they're at in their, in their career and what they're selling is, you know, listen, I think the fundamentals of sales are so important. I think, um, I think there's so many people that get so in the weeds of how to sell that they literally go out there and forget to tell people what their product is <laughs> or, yeah. or why someone should care about it or what's so good about it. Right. Those very basics are, are, are a big reason I see so many people uh, not succeeding. They know how to do a hook story, close a CTA, all the things. And they forget to say what it is. They assume someone knows what their product is. I would, I would literally say what our product was every single time and sometimes the hosts were like what what are you doing why are you wasting airtime every single time i would say i would never assume just because i've aired a product or sold it a hundred two hundred times jamie that that's huge because uh, you know we deal with a lot of companies and we'll look at their websites and there have been times multiple times i gotta tell you i've spent 10 15 minutes on a, on a company's website and I have no idea what they sell I know their grandfather started the company. I know they have integrity. I know their core values are ethics, integrity, and then ethics again. You know, I know that, but I, you know, I don't know what you're selling. And it's like they left out the one thing that would actually yeah. one make them money and two solve their customers' problem. I mean, you said you said something magical though, and I say this all the time. Do not assume that that whoever you're talking to knows what you're talking about. Don't assume it. You got to spell it out. A lot of times it's the inferior product that's communicated clearly. It actually wins and it's a shame. Yes. And the other, and the other part of this too, is what's so good about your product? Like, like why should someone care? And, and I've had, you know, on the reverse side of this, growing a company, we grew to over a thousand employees and, and, and in so much distribution that all of a sudden I found myself in my career where people were selling me, right? So all the vendors that I used to try so hard to work with are now trying to sell me their products because we can order large volumes now. And I would have vendors trying to sell me their product and show me a patented innovation. And, and it was really cool, but I would say, okay, you can spin this compact and show 20 different eyeshadow places, but why, what problem does this solve? And why does she need this? How does this actually make her life better? And they would just look at me like a deer in headlights. And I think so many times people, 
you know, forget those foundational things exactly to your point. Like right now, you and I, Donald, could hop online. We could go to so many people's websites or or look at their ads even, and they forget to say what this is and and like why you should care, but they'll tell you everything else about it, you know? And so anyhow, yeah. that's, that's a big one. Um, but the biggest thing just to share is that so many people, especially when they're not getting the kind of success or traction in their business, uh, uh, start getting distracted uh, by what is working for other people and get tempted to dilute their own secret sauce or start showing up as their own representative. One of the things I talk about in the book is that authenticity alone doesn't guarantee success, but inauthenticity guarantees failure. And I've seen that play out over and over and over, um, whether it's in sales or business or marketing or product launches or anything else. That's, that's some of the best advice that's ever been given on this podcast. It really is. You know, and, and it's really a Venn diagram where, where what overlaps is your mission and yourself. Mm-hmm. And you, know, you can't fake your mission and you can't fake yourself. And the place where they overlap, that's the key. For me as a woman, <laughs> going through this journey, I have found I have to I have to make it not about me. I have to make it about something bigger than myself. And that helps me become more fearless with selling. It helps me endure uh, rejection after rejection. L'Oreal said no for three years in the process of, of me hoping they would acquire the brand. But I knew like I knew it was bigger than me and all of those things. And so I didn't take it personally and it kept getting back up every time I got knocked down. I think it's really big for women is, is learning how to shift it. And really do the deep work of, of how it's bigger than ourselves um, and really believing that if we don't sell the product, we actually doing someone, you know, doing someone else a disservice. And, we, and it has to be authentic. You have to, to your point, um, believe in what you're selling deep enough so that that's authentic or find something else to sell or to launch or to create. Jamie Kern Lima, you're a gift to the world. The book is Believe It. It is available on Amazon. You can pre-order the book. The book comes out when? February? The book comes out February 23rd at believeit.com. You can go pick it up anywhere. Books are sold. And then if you head there, you'll get a bunch of free free gifts. But at the end of the day, it's really a story behind the story I've never shared before of how to go from not believing in yourself to believing. So it's such an honor to share it. Thanks again to Jamie Kern Lima for sharing what I'd call some very spot-on advice. So if you take anything away from Jamie and Don's conversation, let it be this. Believe in your message. Believe in your idea. Believe in yourself. What a feel-good way to end the show. Well, thanks as always for listening to the Business Made Simple podcast. And if you're considering becoming a Business Made Simple certified coach, you can apply now at certifiedbusinesscoach.com. And on the flip side, if you want to hire a Business Made Simple certified coach, just visit us at hireacoach.com. And remember, Business Made Simple, the book is finally available. Buy it on Amazon or wherever you buy books. Then immediately register for free for the Business Made Simple Summit on February 9th. Just go to businessmadesimplesummit.com and register using your book receipt or order number. Never miss an episode by subscribing to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or honestly, wherever you listen to podcasts. The Business Made Simple podcast is produced, engineered, and edited by me, Bobby Richards. It's hosted by Donald Miller and co-hosted by Dr. J.J. Peterson and Kula Callahan. Tim Schur is our executive producer and Melissa Paduzzi and Lindsay Frail are co-producers. That's all for this episode. We'll see you next week. 